I'll, uh, I'll pump it up. Uh, prepare your walls to be scraped. Uh, uh, She's trying so hard here. It's, you're forcing it right now. Oh, man, look at that big boy. He's just in there, you know, getting down to 30. I love that. Oh, the cornerback blocking the wide receiver. Oh, shutting that block. This is great. Yeah, this is good shit. What's, what, what are we looking for in this game, though? Climbing a water tower and chopping off grasshoppers' heads in the mailbox. Angrily shoving it again and again and saying, you know what? I don't care. I'm just going to leave it on top there and we'll just deal with it. That's what I mean. I went with whoop. That's what I mean. I went with whoop. <laughs> yeah, we did it. This is some good ass pot. I like this. All right. So, yeah, we're back. Uh, this is Tofery Gator. This is what my voice sounds like. And I am joined by Zlatan Diego. Hey there. It's been a while. It has been approximately a month and a half. Um, I am in a frozen wasteland right now. It hey. is 12 degrees currently, and it is a nightmare. Oof. Yeah, it's uh, it's probably a little warmer here, but not much, and completely frozen over. I have, um, if, if you open my front door, there's probably a two-foot-high mound of accumulated snow that just came off the roof out of the all of the one spot and then of course it's frozen over basically it's a little mini sled hill as soon as you walk outside the door <laughs> and How uh, fun. i haven't tried it yet but i'm i'm getting there maybe tonight have a few drinks you and- know that's mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's putting a, a positive spin on things some that's would right. say that's a hindrance but you're <laughs> looking at it through the glass half full that's right yeah we're always optimistic here always um <laughs> So I guess we will address the elephant in the room, um, which is, yes, Ron Zook has been hired at Maryland um, as special teams coordinator and associate head coach. And I personally, I think that it's great. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of that hire for them, and I'm really happy for Coach Zook. Absolutely. You know, we had, uh, we had debated – how long between podcasts. And we always thought, you know what? We're going to just know. We're going to feel it. And as soon as that Ron Zook news broke, we felt it. I mean, we we're like, let's get on. Emergency pod. Let's go right now. And that was it. I saw it the was... tweet and immediately I activated the Zlat signal. <laughs> it was written. Sky. Yep. And I felt it. I mean, I, I, I didn't even have to see it. I knew. Yeah. It was a, it was a big it's, deal. It's a complex series of mirrors that I have uh, concocted. Uh, airborne mirrors that transmit the signal from my home in Tennessee to Zlat's home uh, in Mississippi, and uh, he sees it over his front front door sled hill. Yeah, be, be, being here, it's uh, it's sort of necessary too, since we don't have any obviously any any sort of things like the internet or whatever. Um, right, we're yeah. we're required to kind of go with the whole mirror method, and you know it works. Uh, but okay, so in all seriousness, um. Obviously, Hammer is not with us. Um, I assume most people are aware that he stepped aside from his role as a moderator on the subreddit and um, came forward that he had not been truthful about um, his background as an NFL scout 
And um, yeah, so he is not going to be uh, one of the regular hosts of this podcast going forward. And that's just kind of where we stand with that right now. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a tough thing to kind of figure out how to handle too. And um, part of that, he just kind of decided for us. But uh, that that aside, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go with this for now. Uh, the two of us, we'll see how that works, and um, you know, we'll we'll uh, we'll play it by ear there. But you know, you still have obviously your two favorite podcast hosts remaining. Um, so I think I think that works out, you know. And um, we're not going to be providing any free counseling, but um, you know, we're we're open to uh, doing something on the subreddit for it if anybody needs anything. So you know, just um, send any messages straight to Welcome to Mo's, and uh, he'll take care of your needs for you. <laughs> That's at Welcome to Mo's on Twitter um, or on Reddit. Yeah, and so we're we're gonna also try to work in a wider variety of guests moving forward. Something we've kind of talked about for a long time, and uh, something that we're we're hoping to get uh, here in the next few episodes. Um, okay, so with that aside, there's a lot of shit that has happened. Um, we've had personnel changes. We've had the regular signing day. Um, I think the last time we recorded may have even been before the bowl game. Did we record after the bowl game? I think our last episode was right before the bowl game, if if memory serves. I mean, yeah. it's it's hard to trust yeah. it these days. Right. I've um, been cooped up in a so, house. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, um, yeah bowl game could have gone better, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it's, you know, that's honestly, uh, there there are, were losses this season, mainly one loss this season that was far more upsetting than the bowl game, so. You know, it's yeah. it's it's a bowl game. You you like to see us win. You want to see the young guys play well. But you know, I mean, there's uh, different amounts of preparation that go into it. It's not like a normal season game. And um, yeah, sometimes you have certain seniors that care a little more. I'm not saying that the teams don't care, but I am saying that um, motivation is just a lot different depending on situations. So certainly, uh, I'm going to be consistent. And I said this when we beat Michigan in the Peach Bowl a, f- a few years ago, a couple years ago, that, you know, for them, that game probably didn't matter. That wasn't a bullshit excuse for them. It's just the way their season went. That game was a little bit meaningless for them. Yeah. And it meant a lot to us. And then, you know, this is, we're on the other side of that this time. So, uh, you know, I, I feel consistent in saying that the bowl game situation is often not indicative of how good a team really is for the year as a whole. Um and, you know, we caught an Oklahoma team that is on the upswing and is uh, on a very hot streak and looks to be a top five, ten, top five type of team next year. And, uh, you know, we're a team that was pretty spent from um, a long season, a very trying season, and um, had a lot of guys sitting out. So yeah, that's what happens sometimes. And a real downer finish going into that too. I think that, um, you know, losing yeah. LSU game at the very end of the year kind of put a damper on things. So yeah, yeah. it's a, it's part of it. Um, yeah. Oklahoma also probably had a, uh, a little bit more to prove uh, being so ingloriously thrown out of the playoffs every single year. So um, yeah, this is their chance. <laughs> this is their chance to show out and be like, yeah, we can beat a good team. And again, not to take away from them. They did it. And just like a few years ago against Michigan, like, it doesn't mean we were the best or anything, but you know, it's not something that we could have always done is beat a team like that. So we did it back against Michigan. Oklahoma did it against us. Great. Everybody moves on. So let's move on to talking about the signing class. Now that that is in the books and done, I guess I'll, I'll defer to you here. This is your, 
you're the recruiting guy. So um, where do you want to start on discussing the 2021 recruiting class? Um, that's a good question. Uh, the, we'll, uh, we'll do, and this is a, a chance to tease a post that's going to come up. We do this every year. Uh, I pull all the mods and we go into just some superlatives and some interesting, you know, like which recruits a sleeper, which, which is your favorite recruit who can eat the most at a fast food buffet, put them out of business, that sort of thing. Um, so that'll be coming up soon. So you'll get a little more in depth, but overall, I, I will just give my overall impression and then I'll see what you think. We'll, we'll just go that way. I mean, this is the same class that Mullen signed every single year. Like it is the exact same kind of format. Um, there's really not that much that's different. Yeah. The numbers slightly change. Um, okay. You have a different number of five stars or whatever, or okay. There's a few more three stars in this class or it's slightly lower ranked. I think we were, what we're 13th right now. And yeah, 13th. yeah, 13th. And last year we were ninth. Like, yeah, that was top 10 last year. But honestly, there's really just not a huge difference between these two classes. Like, it's um, it's full of solid players, guys that you should, like, not any one, like, any one of them individually, you should not be upset about landing. Like, every one of them. There's no, I'm, I'm looking, maybe one or two that are kind of like, I don't know. But, like, for the most part, it's just all good takes. And it's all positions of need. And there's a few um, really top targets in there, but you know, just lacking the guys at the top, and that's pretty much the difference every single year. And it's just what we're going to get under Mullen, and and now now it's it's in stone until and unless we uh, we show that, yeah, we can go and win some playoff games with this. Because if you start doing that, then yeah, you can obviously just use that to land a few extra guys. But this is what recruiting is going to be. Yeah. Yep. That's, I mean, honestly, I paid less attention during the assembling of this year's class than I have to recruiting in a long time, just because I felt like I knew what the outcome was going to be. It was going to be a solid class, but nothing spectacular. Um, And, you know, it has some of the same issues that Mullins classes have had since he got here. And, uh, you know, it's just until I see otherwise, I assume that's what it's going to be. I'm not disappointed because I think that he's proven that he can do a lot with maybe not the most outstanding recruiting class on paper, but also acknowledging that it's probably not going to move us towards winning a national championship. Yeah, basically, when he came in, um, this is sort of what we expected. I mean, this is what uh, you had. You had people that were kind of. I mean, there are people that were disappointed, obviously, but there are people that were just kind of indifferent about him. And that was sort of the thing. And um, you can argue one way or the other. Okay, well, I want that floor to be higher, and that's great. But people, the main concern was, okay, how is the ceiling going to be? He's not going to go out and just land everybody. And um, this is what this is what it is. So we're going to watch that slow build this way. A um, lot of arguments to make that uh, it can improve with certain things. And sure, it can, but we'll... Um, We'll see how much time we have to, to make that happen, so to speak. But yeah, there's um, there's some really good players in it too. Uh, I'm trying. I'm just kind of like looking through an overall thing. Uh, I'm a little worried about the offensive line in general, just because we're not landing many top targets. And I think I think Hevesy can uh, can make something work out. But you know, I mean, I know he's going to get his guys or whatever. But it's just. At some point, you need to get some dudes that can, you know, that everybody wants, not just like every single player being a diamond in the rough. Uh, same with wide receiver. Like, 
it's just with how many receivers you have in the state of Florida, like with how stacked the state is every single year, except for this upcoming year, side note. But um, with, with how great the talent is, we should be doing more, and we're not. Um, yeah. We're putting out first-rounders like crazy now. I mean, or just draft NFL draft players um, in multiple like first or second round receivers and um, just not able to capitalize on that. So it's just, it's what we're going to get and um, we'll see how, how it all works. And that we're not going to be landing the, the guys like, uh, like Jerry Judy or um, blanking on names right now, Ed, uh, Waddle and Jamar Chase or whatever, like the guys who are just, you know, three and done. We're not going to land those guys for the most part. And yep, we'll, those are yep. the those are the same position groups that I keyed on as well for yeah, those same reasons. Exactly, yeah, um, that stands out. Yeah, um, I guess I my concern there is not like at offensive line. I still tend to think that Hevesy is a very good coach, a very good developer of talent, and that he knows what type of player he's looking for and is going to work <clears throat> with his coaching style. Um. But I guess the worry there is we're getting pretty late in the game when it comes to players who are probably going to end up playing under another coaching staff. Like the guys who are who are, are coming in in this coaching staff, they would be under Mullen in year seven or eight if he were to stay that long. And, you know, regardless of what you think of Mullen, it's just a fact that SEC head coaches rarely stick around for that long at a single job at this point. Um, so, I mean, I guess my concern is, you know, what, what does the next coach and the next coaching staff have to work with, um, you know, on the roster that they inherit? Yeah. And you have to hope that uh, what he did at Mississippi state sort of works out for us in that, in that aspect, assuming that he does move on at a certain point, which, yeah, I mean, there's, there's pretty high turnover in the sec. So all like the odds say, eventually he moves on uh, in whatever capacity. Right. But yeah, the defensive line when he left Mississippi State was stacked. It was deep, like had talent at the top and bottom. And the offensive line is actually really good too. So that's kind of what we have to really just hope for that, you know, have builds a really good offensive line room overall and just a good camaraderie. And, we hope that yeah. he's hitting on the guys who look like reaches on paper. Yes, um, exactly. And historically he has, but it, it is a little concerning. Yep. So that's uh that's kind of what stands out. Uh, I really like the the defensive back class. I think that's um very very good class in the defensive line class. Like both of those groups look excellent overall. And um, yeah, I'm pretty I'm I'm pleased with the quarterbacks. Like you're not getting um we're not getting Trevor Lawrence in this group, but you know they're they're good development quarterbacks. And we'll see how they do after we move on from either Emory Jones or Anthony Richardson. I will say it was um. This this coaching staff has done a nice job of flipping the defensive back room um, in the past couple of classes. It feels like there's a lot of pieces there that they have to work with and and can develop going forward. There's at least a, an adequate number of bodies at this point. Yes, and and uh, a lot of talent been, too. Like just yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, good ratings for these guys. Yeah, so the, I the, I think that can be a bright spot once again. Um, you know, that, that has diminished over the, the past couple of years. Yeah. I had, uh, I had read somewhere that like after the, I think it was the first Georgia, what was the game that we had injuries and then Mick Williams came in and started against Georgia. Um, that was, I can't remember if that was 17 or 18. It might've been the second year or uh, 18 yeah, or 19. It might've been, rather. it might've been his second year, but either it was way. 19. Yeah. Um, 
I, I had read that right after that game, basically the staff was like, yeah, we need, we need to just load up on defensive backs. We need, we need, we can't be in a position where we don't have numbers of guys who can play in the SEC. And, uh, true to form they've they've done that they've been loading up nicely to the point where we actually didn't have room for a very highly rated guy in terry and arnold so uh, yeah. whether you like it or not that uh, we still have really stacked overall room and we have the numbers now and that brings us to our second breaking news our second point of breaking news uh here in the past couple of hours um mick mick announced that he is transferring well he had announced before that he was transferring and he announced his landing spot as Purdue. Yes. Um, he's going to follow Ron English up to Indiana. To so, Purdue. And it makes you yep. wonder, was Ron English the reason that he kept playing? It certainly does. Um, best of luck to both of them on their future endeavors. Absolutely. Absolutely. I wish them nothing but the best in any uniform but the orange and blue one. Um, all right. Let's talk now about the incoming transfer class. Yeah, we got a lot of portal movement uh, and pretty much all of this or most of this has been since we last recorded. So we'll, uh, we'll kind of hit on just some of the big things, I guess the things that will actually affect us for the most part, which brings us to breaking news. Point number three, breaking news, Eric Gilbert decided to transfer from LSU. I believe that may have been known the last time that we recorded. I think that may have already been in the works yeah um maybe but he had not yet announced that florida would be his landing spot um that certainly has happened since the last time we recorded um that is a huge win i mean he's he's a talent as far as i can tell on par or near kyle pitts he could be that type of player yeah, I don't, I don't think he's quite at the level yet, but I would agree with that. Like, I don't know if there is another tight end in the country right. like, who is capable of sort of stepping into that role. And, and I fully agree with but you But physical yeah. talent-wise, yeah. he could conceivably get there. He really could. And, I mean, he's, he's got it all. So the, the, um, the, the, basically the, the elephant in the room, I think we've used that two or three times now, and we'll just keep going with oh, it yeah, because, because yeah. we have breaking news and we have elephants in the room, and that's what this podcast is right now. Um, we got to make sure we get him in, uh, his, his whole recruitment was kind of, that was initial one had a lot of back and forth and, um, there was a lot of back and forth of this part too. And there are some not rumors necessarily, but I think he's got to get his grades. Like, I mean, you got to get your classes transferred over. We don't always have great luck with that. So I just, I'm like, if I was all in on this one, I would have wanted to record a breaking news podcast right when it happened and just like jump for joy. And I'm super excited. He still chose us like, and he's still, he's still coming as of now, but it's um, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm protecting my own heart right now because he's a guy who I'm a little wary of. Just there are questions that. for sure. Yeah. But yeah. insane talent uh, him actually, if, if he does make it in, I mean, he, he turns this offense into an actual, I mean, a legit, top offense again if we can get the quarterback figured out like that was kind of the one piece missing we didn't really have um we we were worried about talent at pass catcher and that just adds another huge piece and uh, some experience and the guy who can block and uh he's got a lot going on there so pretty exciting pickup um yeah fingers crossed yeah basically that exactly um two transfers i don't know any more on eric gilbert 
or is that? Nope. Yeah. Nope. I'm good. Uh, two transfers who are already enrolled. Uh, we added two defensive tackles. Um, honestly, I was look our defensive line play last year. It was good compared to the rest of the defense. I don't know if it was actually good defensive line play though. Like it's, it's really hard to tell. And we had a lot of issues all over the defense. And I, I'm of the belief that if you have an elite defensive line, that'll cover a lot of issues. Clearly we didn't have those covered. So therefore not elite. So yeah, we're losing uh, Campbell and Slayton, but there's a chance that we could have potentially better interior defensive linemen with the two new additions. And, uh, the young guys having more experience. Yeah. Um, and those, those two additions to Quan Newkirk from Auburn and Antonio Shelton from Penn state. Um, I believe they're both grad transfers, correct? Yeah, they are. They are. They're both uh, immediately eligible only one year, but that's really all we need them for. I would have liked one guy who had a little more eligibility, but I can, I can take this. It's fine. We, we need a person who's ready to play now on the defensive line. So yeah, uh, I think um, I think Newkirk is a little more NFL ready, and I, I think he's big time there. And for what I've seen on Shelton, um, he was sort of a, a team leader on that defense at Penn State, and um, kind of like a, a backbone to that. So it'll be nice to add that in. Hopefully, those two perform at a high level. I think we'll be counting on them. It was nice. It was nice being on the other side on the message board threads of uh, opposing fan bases being upset that they lost a player. Um, that seemed to be the consensus from what I saw that Penn state fans were not exactly happy to be losing Shelton. Auburn fans were not exactly happy to be losing Newkirk. So it feels good to be on the other side of some of those transactions. Yeah. Cause I mean, normally like everybody's like, ah, oh, we didn't need, and they weren't, they weren't going to play anything right. anyways. They sucked. Like, yeah, we weren't really getting that from these guys. So that's pretty cool. I like that. I do like that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we also added Jace Chrisman, uh, kicker from Mississippi State, who I believe is he? Are, are we giving him a scholarship here, or is he doing like a walk-on situation? He's doing a walk-on, and I think we signed another walk-on at a high school uh, the other day too. Yes, we did. Who, yeah. who I'm blanking on the name now, but I'm sure he's going to be that fantastic. Just a couple days ago. Yeah, yeah. More breaking news. Um, yeah, breaking news number four. Um, I, I, let's let's pause on that for one second. I actually really like that. I like that move. I was really concerned. Uh, we signed a long snapper this class and used a scholarship counter on that. Um, whether you like that or not, there's there's arguments both ways, I guess. It's it's interesting. But it's clear that uh, Mullen values special teams enough to give a scholarship to a punter, a kicker, and a long snapper. With, uh, with McPherson leaving a year before everybody expected, I think we were kind of left in a really weird spot because we didn't have a kicker ready for this cycle. I'm really glad we didn't just reach and give a scholarship to a kicker this cycle uh, grab some walk-ons let them duke it out this year uh, just take the best guy we can just don't kick any field goals it's fine like or kick limited field goals do you just need a guy who can make extra points what else do you really need i i don't know i'd i'd, I'd rather have a good lawn snapper than a good kicker but that's another argument but anyways wow. Damn, anyways spicy. it is it is but i mean i think punting is more valuable than uh than long kicking i mean how many situations do you need Boy. the long field goal? And when you need it, you could always just, you know, go for it. So. Right. Yeah. Um, boy. Yeah. That is interesting. Um, I mean, how many championships did Alabama I, win? I don't know if I can, I can't follow you down the path of saying that <laughs> punting is more important than long kicking. Like, and I tend to be a pretty punting friendly type of guy, but boy, that's, I don't know, man. Um, yeah. It's, 
I, I do agree though that kicking if you're inside the 40 and you're not facing like a, a really particularly long to convert, like you might as well just go for it. Most of the time you're better off just going for it. Um, yeah, that's interesting. That's where I'm at. I'm at that. I'm at that spot. I mean, a 30 yard, I'd rather take much more of a money shot field goal, uh, than, than risking like a long field goal. That's basically what it comes down to. Like I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather just go for it or punt. And, um, yeah. So anyways, all that to say, we have guys lined up for the upcoming 2022 class. We did not reach for this class. I'm pleased. I like that. So that was a, a, a smart move in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and so we're still waiting on DeMarcus Bowman. Is he enrolled? He's enrolled. He's, I think he's, I'm not sure if he's practicing or not. I think that he might have some, um, some transfer questions just because they don't, they haven't passed the immediate eligibility thing yet. Right. Um, so I don't know if, if we've determined whether or not he'd be eligible this year or not. And, uh, I think we're figuring out classes that are transferring over to. So yeah, there's, there's some stuff in the air, but he's enrolled. He's on campus. Um, that's where we're at him. So big pickup. Indeed. Uh, we, so yeah, I mean, overall, um, as average as the signing class itself feels, uh, you know, I think that we did a really good job of working the portal again. Um, do we have any open spots remaining? Yes. So I think we have at least one. If, if somebody doesn't get in for whatever reason, there's a few guys who haven't enrolled yet from the class. Um, then you would have another spot open. And then there's other blue shirt things. So, I mean, there's some other stuff. But I, th- I think we're looking at one, maybe two spots left. But probably just safe to assume one. So, and from what I'm hearing, that we should be using it. So, we'll see. Offensive line, I feel like, is is that probably the yeah, spot you go? Yeah, I mean, if, if I'm adding just one player, it would be an offensive tackle. Like, somebody who can play right now. That's... I mean, that's the obvious weak spot on our team right now for me. Um, for whatever reason, I think we're looking at potentially another spot for another player. I'm not sure who it is or who might be like safety, wide receiver. Those are two spots where maybe we could use some experienced guys. I don't know if we have any options. I mean, I think we had some guys who we would have taken. I think Anthony Schwartz we would have taken, but he chose to go to the NFL. And that's a wide receiver, wide receiver from Auburn. And then... Um, Oh, who's the kid from Georgia? Stevenson? Yeah, I think I think Tyreek Stevenson's a oh, safety. Yeah. I think yeah. And he, yeah, he ended up transferring to Yep. Yeah. I think he's going to Miami. Or I don't know if he's announced yet or not, but yeah, so I mean, I think we looked around but ended up uh, either missing on some guys or being okay with where we are where we are. And I think that's it for the most part, at least for the portal right now. There's probably gonna be some names that pop up and that's who we'd gun for in the summer. Um okay. Transfers out. We'll we'll uh, we'll quickly just go over some transfers out for a second. Okay. Um, Iverson Clement, 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 running back didn't get playing time. Wasn't going to. Good for him. He should be able to find some playing yeah. time somewhere else. Uh, James Houston, hard worker. Yeah, really, really he is. Um, James Houston's a linebacker. Got some playing time. Should have been passed over this year for the most part. Was starting to get passed over. He transferred out. Good move for him. Um, Yep. Josiah Pierre is a guy we took that apparently we maybe shouldn't have, but he transferred out. Uh, I think he was a redshirt freshman this year. 
And then, of course, we hit on CJ McWilliams. Uh, Quincy Lenton's a grad transfer. We I don't know if he ever saw the field. He had injuries and wasn't that great, I guess. And then finally, Chester Kimbrough. Um, I did have a thought on him. The uh, I think the only person, you know, Kimbrough's like what five nine ish, five I mean, small and like 160, 170 pounds at most, and um, just tiny, like small for the SEC. Not great at like not great for you know stopping the run or stepping in there when there's anything besides just a coverage play. Uh, so I think the only person who would be dumb enough to want Kimbrough starting at star in the SEC would have to be somebody who like their entire basis of football knowledge was based on flag football. Like that's the only kind of person who would be capable of thinking that, yeah, I want to throw in this tiny little dude, um, a, a person who's, you know, their whole thing is just based on scheme and not actually, you know, tackling or shedding blocks or anything like that. I don't know. What do you think? You know, you make uh, a compelling point. Um, I don't know. It, listen, I'm not an expert on game theory, so I can't really comment as to the the ins and outs of why you would put a, a five foot ten allegedly uh, manlet um, on the the starting defensive back roster. Um, you know, it he he showed some flashes of being a probably pretty good player, but um, yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, not I calling out anybody specifically here or anything. But. <laughs> I guess we're burning that potential bridge. Um, look, look, if you can't look, if they can't handle it, then they shouldn't be on there. I mean, it's uh, that's just part of it. It's it, it's all respect. I'm, I'm a big fan of of people who base very extreme takes on flag football. But anyways, um, you know, he's a Louisiana so kid. Where, <laughs> where did he end up? Where- he, he actually went to Michigan State. So oh, really? I had missed that. Maybe not like the worst posi- pl- spot. Ugh, spot. Uh, who's their coach? Tucker? Is that it? Uh, Mel Tucker. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe he had a relationship before. But the fact that a Louisiana kid who's in the SEC ended up going up to Michigan State, that should tell you a little bit. Like, that tells you that Auburn and Tennessee and LSU and Alabama probably aren't itching to get him on their team. So right. say what you will about it. I, again, I don't think he's a bad player. I don't think he was a bad take. I just don't think he was going to ever start. And I'm not sure if he should have either because you line him up in the slot. Yeah, he can cover a slot receiver, but that receiver is going to knock him on his ass anytime they run that direction. Um, that's a liability. So it's, uh, It is interesting that all of those guys who transferred out um, – are that type of player, like the kind of guy who would, who would end up at like Minnesota out of high school or Iowa state and turn out to be like a really good player on a team like that. Um, those are the guys who are transferring out. And I feel like that's a reassuring sign for the depth that we're building. Yeah. It's what you want to see. At most roster spots. Yeah. Like these aren't bad players. Right. They aren't just like bog shit players. They're actually <laughs> like serviceable power five kind of guys. Um, who just weren't going to see the field a whole lot for us. Yeah, we're not seeing every transfer go to like FIU or Florida Tech or whatever. I mean, it's, um, you know, it is it is a good thing. And again, there'll be solid additions. But yeah, we have, um, we have young depth. And I think it's pretty clear that certain guys are going to be taking over very soon. So that's cool. Um, the one the one guy who I wanted to, to uh, touch on there for just a second was Josiah Pierre. Uh, I was... 
higher on him than a lot of people coming out of high school. I thought he was a little underrated coming out of high school. And I feel like he was a pretty solid player whenever we saw him on the field. Um, albeit was not on the field a lot, but, um, I think he ended up at Texas tech if memory serves correctly. That, that sounds right. And, um, you know, I think that he has the potential to be like an all big 12 type of player there, uh, before his career is over. Um, I tend to be pretty high on, on his potential still. Yeah. I liked him. He was, um, he was speedy and, um, big, like ripped. I mean, yeah. good, good size for a linebacker. So yeah, I mean, again, a guy that I like, but we've been loading up on linebacker talent too. We have a lot of guys that are kind of borderline top sure. 100 and they're, they're really good and, uh, time to get him in there. So good move for everybody. Okay. Um, all right. So any, anything else we want to touch on as far as the roster, are we ready to move on to coaching changes? Uh, one last thing that I'll say then, cause I, I'm just kind of looking through my notes here. I've seen a lot of people wanting a linebacker to transfer in and okay. We're limited on spots. That's, that is the first thing right there. Cause yeah, if we had unlimited mm-hmm. spots, I'd take, you know, I'd take anybody, I feel like that's one of the last spots we would need. What do you think? Like, I mean, I, I just, it seems like we have a lot of talent there and guys who are actually starting to get playing time. I totally agree. And I think we, we may have actually discussed this a little bit, a couple of shows ago, probably back in December. Um, I totally agree. I mean, I, I don't really understand that narrative. Like I, I guess the, the one argument that some people would make would be that um, it was a position group that struggled with the guys who were on the field some last year. Yes. Um, which is fair. Although I would expand that out to basically the entire defense. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree. We have a lot of talented dudes and a lot of guys who are sort of that in between, you know, not quite a linebacker, not quite a defensive end who maybe could slim down a little bit and just be a goddamn linebacker. Um, just make up your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I feel like we have a lot of pieces there and we have more pressing needs at offensive line or wide receiver, or as you pointed out, perhaps even uh, an experienced starting safety. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's, that was, that's my thought. Exactly. Uh, I thought Diabate came out at the end of the year and he was pretty much the best linebacker out there when, once he was getting rolling and figuring yeah, it out for sure. Um, I think Hopper has the tools to be the best linebacker or like right up there Wingo. and Wingo. Both those guys have insane tools and um, we're bringing in the black, hopefully. <laughs> and uh, yep. you know, who knows where he plays. Yeah. We'll just, we'll just leave that off for now. But, um, and then Ventura Miller's coming back. It's just, we have, we have experience, we have depth and we have talent. That's only getting more experienced. So I, it's just, there's a lot of spots to fix. And yeah, linebackers played like crap last year, but I'm much more concerned about other spots. Mainly if we brought in somebody, yeah, an experienced safety or an offensive tackle or even a wide receiver. So, yep, that's all for portals for me. Um, Let's discuss the coaching changes that have been made because I think all of these have been made since the last time we talked. Um, Okay, so who's, who's out? Ron English, he's out. He went to Purdue. Um, uh, what's his face? Uh, Torian Gray, he's out. Where did he end up? Uh, South did Carolina? he go to South Carolina? I think. I think he did. I think that's right. You know, back where? Yeah, that's kind of his area. And most recently, 
Brian Johnson took the quarterback coaching job uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. So those are the three guys who are out. Did I miss anybody? Uh, sadly, no. Um, <laughs> there's one more I would have I would have gladly gotten rid of, but I can. Yeah. I I. I it is what it is. <laughs> we will yep. we'll see how that goes this year. But yep. yeah, that's um, you know, two two that I wanted gone are gone. I am pleased with um the replacing of the entire defensive back staff. I'm totally fine with it. Like no issues at all. We brought in uh, an experienced SEC guy and Wesley McGriff uh for safety's coach. Which we we discussed uh as a potential guy to keep an eye on. Yeah. Um when that Auburn staff was was cut loose yeah got it um mm-hmm. and yeah i i uh, i like that hire i think he's pretty good he's a bit of a journeyman but he's worked all around the sec and you know everybody seems to think he's a really solid coach yeah he's good at defensive backs i think i think he has a defensive coordinator experience i don't think he was particularly good at it but he has the experience yeah um he's got a lot of connections uh, all throughout the southeast so you know it's good to have guys like that on the team and he's going to be, uh, I would imagine, mentoring in a way uh, the other defensive back coach that was hired, who is named Jules Montanar, who none of us probably had any idea who he was. Yep, that was the one that came out of nowhere. Oh, uh, just because I forgot, uh, that was breaking news number five and number six. Yeah, five and six. This is uh, this is a loaded episode. Keep listening. Um, you're going to hear a lot more too. The stuff that you would have had no idea happened. God, imagine that there is somebody out there that this is their only lifeline. Somehow, somehow it's a castaway situation where they're on like a deserted island and somehow bottles keep washing ashore that have this MP3 file on like a, a thumb drive and they have a way to listen to it. And this is their only contact with not only not only Florida Gator football, but with the outside world. We're really providing a lot here. This is for you, buddy. We're, we're really thinking of you yeah. on this. Um, Hang in there. Yeah. Stay strong. Yeah. Uh, the, the, whole, the whole entire uh, Our Florida Gators nation is on your side, and uh, we have you in our thoughts and prayers. Um, Obviously, you're not dying or anything. I'm sure you're going to be fine, but, you know. Right. It's just, yeah, uh, just FYI, uh, the president of the United States is now Kanye West, and his vice president is <laughs> Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> You know, just how everybody had wanted and imagined. Right. So, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's it's a good year. It's a good year. Nothing else happening at all in the world. You didn't miss anything. But yeah, it's um, where were we, man? This is uh, okay. So Jules, Jules Montanar. Montanar. Yeah, Montanar. Yes, yes. Is it Montanar? I don't know. I'm guessing. I'm uh, I, well. It's spelled Montanar. Is it okay? I don't have it in front of me. Yeah, but it could I, be pronounced no differently. Who am I to judge? I mean. It could be anything, but he's a young guy, um, recruiter. He has a, a lot of, I think he's a director of recruiting at his, uh, at USF where we got him from a cornerback coach, um, has connections throughout the South. Uh, I think he's from Florida I'm trying to, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, so that's, it's almost like exactly the kind of guy you wanted. Like I think Mullen wanted to get a guy on defense who, who is young and that he can mentor a bit. So yeah, Mullen's going to be mentoring this guy. And then um, he's got McGriff to work with. Who's very experienced uh, at defensive back coaching in the SEC. So it's kind of the perfect situation for him. Yeah. Um, I don't know. A lot of people seemed to be upset or underwhelmed with this hire. Um, I'm fine with it. I mean, it, 
he spent a lot of time with Kirby Smart and with Nick Saban, presumably. Um, he had been a, a grad assistant and an off-field quality control guy um, at both Bama and Georgia. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, it, it, he's a guy who has learned from the best defensive backs coaches that there are and um, seems to be young and dynamic and, and well-liked by people. So, I, I mean, I'm totally fine with taking a shot on a guy like this. It's just we have to be realistic. Like, we are not Nick Saban. We are not Alabama. We cannot just hire fired NFL coaches for every single position. Like, we're not good enough to do that. Sorry. It's it's just what it is. We don't have a Nick Saban. Only he can do that. So if you want to, you know, have a coach who builds up his coaching tree and, uh, you know, raises guys from kind of an unknown to a major known status, this is how you do it. You get some young guys yep. and, you know, you make a big name. You don't just hire the old washed up dudes. And no offense to McGriff or anything. Like, I think he brings in huge value, but making every hire like him doesn't really expand that. You know, you're hiring the journeyman. You're hiring the guy who's already done it. Like this is a guy who can be a big time, you know, a name. And uh, it's not like C Rob where he has no experience either. He actually has uh, some good experience. So this is, this is, uh, he's not a name that I had known beforehand, but knowing his situation after it's kind of the perfect hire. Like it's, it's basically hitting all the boxes I would have wanted to hit with one of our defensive back coaches. So I was pleased. Yeah. Take a chance. We'll see how it works out. All right. Time to talk you up a little bit. Okay. Uh, All right. Uh, I will attest to this. Uh, I cannot remember exactly where it happened, but I know it happened. I think it happened in the discord a while ago um, when he was first hired, but back when one Garrick McGee was brought in as a defensive analyst for the team to uh, assess opposing uh, defenses or offenses, whatever it was offenses for the defense. Uh, Tofery was trying to make sense of this hire. And he said, you know, we could be bringing him in as, um, as a replacement for Brian Johnson when he goes, cause there's a good chance he goes after this coming season, which would have been last year. And sure enough, you were spot on with that. I, so I said that at the time that was like, I don't know, June probably of last year. And then promptly forgot that he existed. <laughs> yes, <laughs> until he was hired, until he was promoted. As did all of us. Yeah, it's not like a name that we all knew either. So yeah, we saw him hired. Everybody kind of forgot about it, and that's how it went. But um, I, I whether well, if you like the hire or not, like, I, and you can have your your takes on this one way or the other. But I think it's um, I think you're pretty stupid if you think that. Mullen made this hire just because he's lazy and just wanted to promote a random guy from within. And this wasn't thought out at all. And he's just like taking the easy route. I think you're honestly, I think you're fucking dumb as hell. If you think that like that is not how he works at all. And yeah, he does like continuity. He, he loves that in the staff, but I think it's, I mean, just looking at the facts here, it looks really clear that, uh, that Mullen brought in McGee with a bit of a purpose. It was very known that Brian Johnson was a, young star on the rise like he could have had head coaching offers he might have already he might have actually had him this year like there's a good chance yep. he was going to go and uh, separate himself from Mullen a little bit you know make his own name so um if you don't like it that's fine we'll see how it works out uh, him as a quarterback coach by the way i don't know if he's i don't think he's offensive coordinator no um 
but yeah, I think they just gave him the the QB, the QB coach. coach. Yeah, so if you don't like it, that's fine. Um, so far, he's done. He's done well. He's got some good connections. And honestly, um, little side note here, we sort of changed directions on the quarterbacks we're, ta- we're targeting this class. Uh, Jacuri Brown was a guy that was at the top of the list beforehand, and now I don't really think. I mean, he's kind of on the list, but I don't think he is as much anymore. And I'm actually. I'm not upset about that. I like the new guys that we are starting to target now a lot more. So yeah, I like it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm fine with this hire. Like I understand why it's a little disappointing given some of the names that we had talked about in like a hypothetical universe. Um, but I mean, he's a guy who he worked with Bobby Petrino for a long time and uh, say what you will about Bobby Petrino and how he left Louisville and how he is one of the biggest scumbags on the face of the planet, um, allegedly. Uh, but I mean, <laughs> he's a guy who consistently put together good offenses and consistently coached um, quarterbacks really well and produced really good quarterback play. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's a guy who worked under Petrino a couple of times and so I think that says a lot, um, you know, I, I, to, to be trusted as the guy to develop the quarterbacks for someone who is good at developing quarterbacks um, first under Petrino, again under Petrino, and now under Mullen, um, he clearly has an idea of what he's doing. So, yeah. um, again, I, like it's not super exciting. It's not a super sexy hire, but it's fine. Um, it's not it's the position that I am worried the least about. Exactly. Let's I mean, let's be real. Like the offense and the quarterback especially, these are Mullins guys. Like that yeah. that is his his baby. The offense is his. Like, yeah, I mean, he wants the the continuity staff or whatever and he wants guys who can sell his vision, but that's what he's bringing in. That's what he's using uh McGee for and uh he wants a guy who uh Obviously, he wants him to be able to recruit certain quarterbacks or whatever. He wants him to, to be able to have to bring a certain amount of technique, but he's he is applying Mullen's vision, and that's what he's doing. Like he's kind of Mullen's eyes and ears for the quarterback position. So, I think it's it's just fine if Mullen picked him out. It seems like Mullen picked him out a while ago. Um, I'm good with it. So we'll uh, we'll see where that takes us. Um, it'll be interesting. Uh, obviously, you don't want to lose a Brian Johnson. I think he's an again. I think he's a rising star. But that's how you uh, build that coaching tree up, too. So that'll be fun to watch how he goes. I'll, I'll be rooting for him, too. As a side note, it's a good thing that generally Coach McGriff is known as the crime dog because the McGriff-McGee situation would confuse <laughs> the hell out of me. Yes, I, I would agree. Yeah, so just Coach Crime Dog, Coach McGee. That's, uh, yeah. that's going to be a little bit easier, I think. I'd agree. Um, I have some more breaking right, anything news. Else? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, breaking news! Breaking news! Former Auburn linebacker coach Travis Williams signed or committed to being a coach at Miami. What do you think about that? Well, he did. Yes, he did. That's the breaking he news. He did do that. Yes, he did. He went to Miami uh, to be their linebacker coach, big-time recruiter, Amazing coach, superstar, according to all Miami fans. Um, mm-hmm. One of the best in the business. A guy that that was a guy that, that we did not get. Great hire for them. Absolutely, uh, a guy that we did not get. People were thinking that C. Rob was going to go, and he did flirt around a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, we decided yeah, to. He was out the door to Michigan. He was, and we we ponied up. We kept him. We made sure he stayed on board. And uh, you know, he's he's 
again, great with the moms. See, Rob, great with the moms. But that's that's beside the fact. That in doing so, we missed out on the the elite stud that is Travis Williams. Um, you know, a little disappointing. Um, in other breaking news, Travis Williams. Breaking news! Travis Williams has left Miami to go coach at UCF instead. Uh, oh my god it's amazing Oof, that's a rough one god. right there roller coaster yeah um man people were really talking up diaz like he was the second coming of jesus right there or mm-hmm. second coming of saban i guess if you want to use a football term but they were uh yeah. really pumped about that travis williams thing and oof, he gone yeah i haven't checked i did not check the reddit thread on that was there some uh some schadenfreude to be enjoyed there honestly i haven't even seen yet uh i don't i don't go on to uh the the college football reddit stuff as much anymore it's yeah. just not as fun for me it's no gme that's for sure no certainly isn't there's no diamond hands yeah. just a bunch of paper-handed bitches i mean they, they really have paper hands in that <laughs> that is that is full-on paper hands <laughs> a bunch of coastal well. carolina fans in that might as well rename it to r slash paper hand. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So no, I did not see it. I'll, I'll, I'll check it out later, but um, yeah. So anyways, uh, yeah, he was there for a couple weeks, I guess. Saw what Manny Diaz is doing over at Miami uh, and thought, you know what? If I'm going to go get blanked by a G5 team, I'd rather do it at another G5 team. So he went ahead and, you know, upgraded. What do you think of the hire of Malzahn at UCF? No, I think it's perfect uh, situation for UCF. I mean, could they have done better? N- not really. I mean, like you, you could make the argument that they could have gone and gotten like one of the up and coming guys like uh, Jamie Chadwell right. or somebody like that. But so, yeah, I mean, as far as somebody who's proven to be a pretty consistent winning coach and to, to be that at, at the highest level in college football, it's a hell of a hire. Yeah, he gets to um, to kind of retire in Florida. He gets to, you know, he has easy recruiting. Um, the the guys who are going P five from Florida, they're not going to look his way, and that's fine. He he can ignore them. The guys who are going G five, they'll be good players, and he'll basically have his pick of them. So it's um it's a good spot for him. And I think uh, I think UCF's at a bit of a crossroads, kind of on the downswing after losing Frost and you know this. Hypel, Hupel. Oh yeah, that's the other one. That's the other breaking news. Breaking news number twelve. I've, I've lost count, but it's a uh, it's a lot. Yeah, off of Tennessee. Yeah, they made the move. Tennessee finally made the move, and they hired Josh Hypel after hiring um, the UCF athletic director. Yeah, which I am not high on. I mean, that's okay. I, I'm I'm not impressed with that hire. Okay, once they hired Danny White, like, is there a more enjoyable? Uh, turn of events for Gator fans than for Hypel to go to Tennessee. You'd have to like, I think you'd have to stretch to get there. Yeah. I mean, like realistically, no, I don't think so. Yeah. I think this is the, the funniest outcome. This is basically perfect for us. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's a chance he could work out, but man, he was, he had all the makings of um, I'm tearing this program apart a little bit now. Mm-hmm. The, the one that was set up and, you know, rolling uh, couldn't do it. So, I like it. I think that um, Tennessee will continue to do Tennessee things for the next five years, and we'll see where they are then. I think it's going to be really funny when uh, Danny White leaves Tennessee after one year and 
solidifies himself as the Lane Kiffin of athletic directors. Um, I don't know what job for Duke, maybe <laughs> his dad is that, the AD at Duke. That would be really actually Duke would be a a really good spot for him if he can get there. But yeah, um, that's man, that would be but great. Yeah, it's he's he's Lane Kiffin as an athletic director. He's pretty good at his job, but like the amount of shit that he talks would lead you to believe that he was like you know fucking Nick Saban or whatever the the AD version of that is. Like you would think he was Jeremy Foley or something. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's it's a very interesting combo. Let's put it that way. I I don't know if he could have done better for himself because Tennessee is a huge athletic department. There's a lot that of money is, there. I mean, it's a big job. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I also don't know if Tennessee could have done better. I mean, it's um, it's just very interesting. But I but again, I I'm just excited to watch it because I really think it'll uh, just be more more years of misery for them. It and, will. Yes. It will be continually entertaining, I do believe. Yeah, and uh, unlike some people, I do not root for our rivals to have success in any capacity. So Yeah, that shit makes me so angry. It does. If you're one of those people that's like, oh, well, really, I want Tennessee to be good so that the rivalry is fun again. Fucking idiot. Yeah, get the hell out I of here. I don't respect you. There's uh, one, of our, one of our former players' fathers was on Twitter like saying, yeah, I need, uh, the state of Florida needs Florida State to be good again. Shut the fuck up, dude. Like Jesus Nobody fucking Christ. liked you. Nobody was fucking it likes Chad Wilson? It damn, damn right it was, Chad Wilson. Like, of course it was Chad Wilson. Yeah, and all the other shit that he talked or whatever. Like, First of all, why don't you pretend that you know what it's like to have a son in the limelight? Oh, wait, you have one because you have a son in the NFL. It's it's just mind-boggling that he acts all uh, holier than thou and starts to throw throw the school under the bus. Basically all, all of his uh, feelings came to surface. Like he didn't like Florida that much to begin with. And you know, it's coming out now, but I digress. Um, yeah. He was saying that he wanted FSU to do well. That shows his true, his true um, inner self right there. And that uh, his opinion is not one to be respected because he roots for the enemy. And certainly. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, I guess he's just a cane again. <laughs> I guess so. But even the cane tape, it just makes no sense to me. I think he's just pandering to, yeah. to land a bunch of kids at his high school or whatever the hell he's doing training kids. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. Who cares? He gone. They're gone. I'm glad. Um, is that it for coaching? I'm trying to think, I'm sure there are some more coaching hires and firings that happen. Probably. Uh, but that's what I wrote down all the Gator related ones. Yeah. All right. Um, That's all I've got on that. Okay. Uh, some other breaking news. We have no spring game. I mean, I'm not really going to miss it this year. Uh, it feels, I don't know, like under Mullen, it's become more and more of like a, I don't know. It's just kind of goofy. It's yeah, I, I agree. It's a spectacle. It's set up for families and stuff. I think the hype, the hype's really surpassed what it actually is. And, um, it's interesting. I think I think Strickland came out and said something. Correct me if I'm wrong or if you saw this, but I want to say he came out and said they're going to have something mm-hmm. on TV for fans or something for fans. Yeah. And that actually, that's an opportunity to do something cool, like something that you haven't seen before. So hopefully we have some good ideas there because like we could have some cool kind of um, practice insight or whatever, something where obviously that Mullen approves of where you don't give all the info away to all the coaches or whatever. I don't know how he does it, but. I don't know. It, it gives a chance to be creative. So theoretically, what if they did a stage play 
starring <laughs> gator players <laughs> what, what what would they what would the production be hamilton definitely okay hamilton i thought about that um okay what, what else that would certainly that would be the most relevant um so yeah that's that's recent relevant you got the whole um multicultural thing going on you could really you know diverse cast you could do you could hit it off right there sure um one i also considered would be um cats except Ooh. with alligators <laughs> gators and it's just called gators <laughs> um it's the exact same like plot and everything it's just alligators instead of cats so would they wear gator costumes or would they put on the gator skin the uniforms they wore for AM that one year damn that's a good, good question um maybe the gator skin jerseys and then their like skin colored tights on the bottom half with like uh like a gator tail attached to the back. Yeah. Something like that. Maybe that'd be, it'd be I don't interesting. Cats was pretty weird. Uh, I, I watched the first like 10 minutes of it on, I think it was on HBO. Um, and boy, the, the movie, the, the recent movie version is just, it's tough. So did, it's really, if tough. I remember correctly, didn't they, uh, CGI, uh, cat booty holes up in there? And then CGI I them out so. afterwards because <laughs> they're yeah. like, okay, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. That was one of those ones where like they had made the movie in its entirety. And then six weeks before the movie came out, they had to like completely redo the CGI because it was so unsettling. They got some cold feet on that one. Maybe they just should have tanked the whole thing. But yeah, no, I, that's one where I actually have not seen any of it. So I, I cannot. Uh, add a lot of it value was, to this. I went in expecting it to be like entertaining because it's so bad it's good, but it was just so bad it was it was just unwatchable. Yeah, it was terrible. No, that's that's reasonable. That's fair. I'm trying to think of other other shows. So I like I don't know that many. Like Les Mis, that's one I know. Um, yeah, I, I'm not like I'm not musical theater guy. Phantom of the Opera. You get the rock the rock opera going. I mean, they could do. Um, they could do like in cold blood. Ooh, is that an actual production? Like a theater? I'm thing? sure you could do like a stage production of it. Yeah. And have, have whoever the starting tight end is like, they announced the starting tight end uh-huh. by having him be the murderer. <laughs> like huge reveals. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a lot of ways you could play this. Um, okay. Okay. So more, more relevant stuff too. Like, uh, I know Disney does a lot of theater productions. We went to New York a, f- a couple years ago and we saw, I think um, Aladdin on Broadway and they had Lion King obviously. And there's, there's a few more too. Yeah. They do a lot of them. So what if we had an MCU, like a Marvel, Marvel Disney thing, like um, Endgame style production. That would make sense. I mean, like there's a ton of roles to be had there. So you could fill out, you know, an, an 85 person roster with MCU characters. You got to think that's coming eventually too, by the way. Like now, now that I think, now that I say it out loud, like surely they'll eventually do plays with it too. I guess we'll see, yeah. but we could, yeah. we could start it like, you know, exclusive deal Gators and Disney. That, that is an amazing idea. There's a, I, there's I a connection. There. Have that. I bet they have that in production, like uh, an entire like Disney world, like Broadway setup mm-hmm. with, like Marvel MCU Broadway productions, yeah. except it's in Orlando. So it's kind of sad, <laughs> like just slightly sad, but yeah, I mean, 
you know, it's a little backlot feel, but not like California backlot either. So right. A little different. Um, yeah. So it, it's, um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of ways that Strickland could take this. Hopefully, uh, well, surely he listens to the podcast. Hopefully he takes, uh, you know, he, he lists, he takes us up on, on our ideas and, uh, takes them into consideration. Yeah. Um, overall, and when's your out? Is your out soon, by the way? The suspense is killing me. Ooh, looks like you disappeared. I'm talking to myself now. This is great pod. I'm going to keep going as if nothing happened for a minute, and we'll see if Topher hops back on. Ah, uh, I got a note. His power went out and immediately came back. Uh, the real question is when he's in post-production, and this is all up to him entirely, does he cut this? <laughs> to save you folks from having to listen to me just yammer to myself or does he leave it in uh, we had some other notes written down too on uh, some things that we were going to cover uh, with, with the new attempts to bring on some other hosts uh, we have some ideas in the works um, one of our new mods uh, and by the way the benefit of becoming the newest our Gators mod is that you get the intern role. So yeah, you get us the coffee, you pick us up the donuts, you gotta know our coffee orders by heart. If you fuck it up, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna get some shit. We're gonna throw it in your face and you're gonna have to go get another one. Um, that's all obvious. That's you know, we don't have to write that down or anything, because you know what you're getting into. But what you don't know is that you also become the automatic musical guest too. So one of those things where he has no idea this is coming, or he might by now if he's been keeping up with it. But uh, Zeus Apollo will be doing a cover of Shake It Off by Taylor Swift, and that's coming up on our next episode. So you can look forward to that. Um, very exciting stuff. Yeah, so I just lost power, and it came back almost immediately. Um, which, thank God, because it's freaking cold <laughs> as hell out. That had to be terrifying for a minute. It though. was like, not a brief pause. Yeah. You're like, oh, fuck, here it is. <laughs> yep. Uh, for those for those in Florida, by the way, we should explain this quickly because I wouldn't have known this beforehand. Um, especially in the South, where places where it's not prepared, when there's a lot of heavy snow that ices over and you get ice in the trees, those limbs break. Yeah, and when they break, they knock down power lines. We are not prepared for this. We don't have stuff to to get to places that we need it to be. So, anyways, that's where all these crazy power outages are partially coming from. Yeah. And uh, what I'm terrified might happen overnight for me as well. It's been pretty light relative to what it could have been yeah. in my area, honestly. Um, there was one like five or six years ago where it was uh, the power went out and it was just all night. You could hear like every 20 or 30 seconds, you could hear branches breaking somewhere off in the Jeez. distance. It was wild. You got these old trees too, which is like, I mean, they, they've never had this happen before. So yeah, like yeah. in Northern places, it's just, they're a lot more prepared for it. And yeah, the tree, tree limbs break and yada, yada. But, um, it's, it's weird because it's been two days straight where it's been like snow constantly and it's, it's light for the most part, but it's just really weird to see that. Yeah. Um, we don't get that off. Yeah. I imagine down there. It's, that's pretty crazy. Okay. So I don't have anything else on. Uh, coaching changes or roster management. I think I'm pretty much tapped out yeah. on that. Is there anything else that? Uh, no, that's pretty much it for me. Um, we had some other stuff to cover, but we could always get that in another pod. I think. Um, yeah. I'm probably going to be probably, I'm yeah. running out of time here. 
Yeah, we should we should save it. Uh, so yeah, unless you if you have any culture corner stuff, we can hit on that, or we can wrap it up, and this will be a really weird, awkward ending of <laughs> you know, two or three minutes that we tack on to whatever we yeah. just did. Um. So yeah, I I am reading because I've had like two days here where I'm stuck at home. I have been reading a book called The Hot Zone, uh, yes. which is about the um, like outbreak of the Ebola virus, and yeah, it's it's pretty good. I've read like half of Cook, it in the past 24 Cook? hours. Cook? Is that the, the author, Cook? Uh, Richard Robin, Preston. Richard Preston. I'm, okay, I messed I mess that up. But uh, my, uh, my my parents are in are in the, uh, the medical field, and my mom especially, and she turned me on to this book a long time ago. So I read it when I was really young, uh, probably maybe too young even. Yeah. But uh, it, before it was even really relevant now, but it, it got into Ebola and Marburg, which is another virus similar to Ebola. Um, scary stuff, fascinating stuff, always interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's um, that's a fun one. Yeah, I guess. It's, I, I mean, know. it's it's terrifying. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, the yeah, the reason like, I got I got onto it, I don't even remember what. Hold on, just a second. I've got to yell at my dog. We're taking this brief pause to allow Toaf to get up and beat animals. Um, and this is uh, a reminder to be nice to animals and do not beat them. Okay, just not beating them. I, I, I don't know why. I don't know why I said that. Yeah, um, go on. Were you talking shit on me? Uh, I, yeah, I, I said we were pausing to let you beat your animal, <laughs> and then I, I gave a public service announcement not to do that. I would but. never place an unkind hand on my dogs. My dogs are my children. Um, I'm one of those weirdos. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I just had seen it mentioned on twitter probably a few days ago um and the context that it was mentioned was like coronavirus is bad but like you know the real shit show would be if ebola ever became airborne in its transmission yeah like that would be a you know a civilization ender and yes. somebody mentioned this book Scary. and yeah it's terrifying i mean it gets in depth and it, and it covers a lot of the stuff that you've probably been reading already with uh with with the whole covid thing but yeah covid like it spreads super easily but it's not like in itself like just gonna fucking wreck everybody immediately so yeah the real nightmare is where it spreads like covid yeah but reacts like ebola and it's terrifying it sure is yeah so um that's been my oh and also over the weekend i had never seen the jinx which is the series about it was a mini series about robert durst um it's on HBO, and uh, it was really good. I don't know if I've, I've seen... I don't even know what that is. He was uh, the heir to a New York real estate uh, like fortune and um, has been accused of murders over the like past <laughs> 30 years or so. That and, sounds fun. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I think, six episodes, and uh, it was really good. If you haven't seen it, I recommend watching it. Yeah, I might check that out. I'm trying to think what I've been doing. Um, so my my workload starting to pick up around now, which means that the uh, the more intense, the more mind intensive my work gets, the more I like to watch mind numbingly stupid stuff. And um, so obviously, The Bachelor mm-hmm. and Bachelorette are right. always at the top of the list there. So I've been watching that, um, as you well know, but. Uh, a recent series that I've mocked relentlessly before that has just tons of episodes and it's really light, easy watching is how I met your mother. And I'm watching it now. And Jesus. 
I had watched it back in college or a good chunk of it. And I hated it. Like I, I liked it at first. And then I just like immediately, I was like, you know, this is just, this is stupid. It's not like, I don't know how to explain it. It, it just, it wasn't the type of humor that I liked that much. Like it's not, it's not like smart humor to me at least, but um, yeah, doing this whole rewatch thing during this, like just the, you know, you, you gruel your mind at work and then you get home and you're like, yeah, it's just, it's the easiest thing to watch. It's actually, it's actually kind of enjoyable. Like I would never put it in a top, in a top comedy for myself, but I have, um, I haven't hated it, which I'm, I'm a little ashamed to say, but I'm here to speak the truth. This is my truth. Oh, okay. So I'm not going to shame you for it. Um, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. I understand. I, I don't blame you. I'd be like, if, if I was talking to myself two months ago, I'd be in the same boat and I'd be disappointed in myself. So it's, it's, um, it's bad. Yeah, it's bad. I, it's- <laughs> I, I had the opposite experience where when it was on and I was like 15 or 16, I, I really liked it. I thought that Barney and the whole like suit up shtick that was very funny to me. Um, but then like, you know, I grew up and my mind developed like an adult and, <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. So I think, I think that's the key though. Like you want to have that non-developed okay, and, and again, sure. to anybody who loves this, to that's anybody fair. who loves this show, no offense to you. Like we're being super pretentious and assholes with a lot of things. And this would be another one of those, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that's, that's kind of what I look for around this time of year, like undeveloped stuff, very minimal thought, it, uh, it keeps moving and yeah, there's some mild laughs or whatever. It's entertaining enough to watch. So that's, that's where I'm at. So I've been watching a lot of that recently. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. that's good. I'm glad you found something that's enjoyable. It gives your mind a break. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think Toph would have preferred me watching like snuff porn or something yeah, like that. Like honestly, something just yeah. violent and horrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a different type of horrifying. Yeah. And here we are. <laughs> All right. Oof, that's a big weight off my chest. I've been keeping that in for a long time. Well, listen. It, uh, okay. Well, you know, <laughs> a lot of that going around these days, I guess. Um, uh, I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> As I said it, I was like, oh, that's a... anyways. Yep. So uh, on that note, I guess we're going to wrap it up here. Um, oh, we actually had a couple of reviews on uh, iTunes, but I am struggling to get my internet to work on my phone at the moment. Um so we'll hit on those next time. Um, okay. Yeah, it works. Okay. All right. So thank you for listening. Uh, if you get a chance to go and leave us a review, we would appreciate it. And if not, no worries. We just appreciate you listening. But we will read them next, next time we record. So if you do leave anything, it's coming up in this next episode. Definitely. Um, so this is Tofri Gator. I am Zlatan Diego. So yeah, this is who we are. It is indeed. All right. Thank you for listening. Go Gators. Go Gators. Go Gators.